0: Hello and welcome to The Double Life, I'm John Bustar and this is episode 4. This week I talked to Matt Messias about the entrepreneur spirit that inspired him to start a company with a forward-thinking platform and has kept him searching for the next big thing to feed his hunger for expression and stewardship. Enjoy a new take on a classic hustle this week on The Double Life.
1: I think it was, like, I was uh, maybe 18 years old when I started everything. Oh, okay.
0: Were you not, like, working into it in high school, though? I remember you, like, walking around. I was
1: doing a bunch of stuff, dude, in high school. Like, um, I was trying different stuff. I was always in the skate scene. So, like, Kingdom wasn't even my first company, actually. My first company was Bigfoot Boards. Oh, snap. Um,
0: Okay, cool. Let's dive into that, man. Like, what brought that, like?
1: Dude, that was so much fun this was like pre lords of dogtown like when that movie came out and all that stuff me and my buddies did like a lot of research and we found these like old school 70s skateboards um at some random garage sale and i remember we tried to ride them and they just snapped like just because of like plastic or whatever but at that time i wasn't so good at skating So I wanted to still be in the scene, and what I would do is just take my old friend's skateboard decks, cut them into the shape of a foot because, you know, obviously they'd be a little bit smaller, sand them down, drill the holes, spray paint, you know, BFB on it, and then that was it, and I would sell them at Tuffery.
0: Nice, man. So what was that like? Is it something that you've been doing since a young age? Because I know, you know, you wanting to, like, create things or make things that are your own, you know, that's cool. That's like,
1: yeah, it, it felt cool. I mean, everyone was always getting so caught up in sports and I arguably also got caught up in sports at one point in my life, but there's always been such a need, I guess it's just stems from the block that I grew up on of like, you know, getting involved in action sports arena and like, you know, kind of being able to tie that into your life. I was always just fascinated dude, with like, you know, Blind and World Industries, Alien Workshop and like kind of that whole scene. Um, So I started just trying to do stuff on my own. I remember like tracing old uh, CCS magazines and like trying to draw the little like cartoons out of them and stuff like that. So yeah, dude, I guess I've been creating for a long time now I think about it.
0: (laughs) So how was it initially, I mean, that beginning process of starting you know, these different creative ventures, mainly Kingdom, which is obviously grown to, you know, really good heights now, but like obviously the ups and downs of that, how did that, you know, come about and what were like the initial steps or struggles that you would give advice to someone who's like, Hey man, I want to start a clothing company. You'd be like, Hey, yeah. make sure to listen to this.
1: Yeah. um, It's, I mean, dude, I tell a lot. I mean, I've had this question asked to me a, a few times for sure. And the thing I always kind of go back to is, like, just get it to be something tangible. Like, take a first step somewhere. Uh, I, I find a lot of the time people will talk about their aspirations and dreams, but how often do you put pen to paper? Right. How often do you sit down and actually actualize your dreams? Like, I think that's such a variable that people, is, it isn't taught because it seems like an obvious thing but sitting down and just starting is such like i don't know that's like pure bliss for me because if you don't do that then you're just talking like you can't do anything you just need to like sit if you have a vision sit down and even if it's notes like even if it's a shitty sketch just like do it just start You know, I think that's step one. And if you're truly passionate about something, the ripple effect will come after. I think if you're really passionate about something and really want something to work, you'll continue to sit down. But that first sit down and actualizing, bringing something tangible to life from your head to the paper is like, that's major.
0: Nice, man. Did you find that like, I don't know, the peers and the people around you were influential in your like drive to like keep going and making different brands and you know going out and exploring different creative avenues or was it just your yeah. individual like i'm gonna do it you know i don't care about you know the influence of the people around me because he said some people were into sports and different things that you may have not like gelled with so it was just you go in your own way or was it uh a-
1: yeah i think i um there is i mean dude like huge ups to my mom and like huge ups to like my grandpa who are just like very creative as well. Um, they are always like very forward and being like, yeah, like you should try that out or you should do this or do that. I guess in terms of like other people around me though, like, no, not really dude. Like I, I kind of submerged myself into that culture. I, um, I surrounded myself with the people I wanted to be surrounded by, um, got to make some really good friends out of it and, like, kind of kept growing with that. I still hold all every single one of my friends, like, very dear to my heart. But, um, you know, early supporters were, were around me always. But in terms of, like, diving into the culture, you kind of have to go chase that yourself.
0: Yeah, definitely. Do you think that once you've hit a, what point or what aspect of Kingdom, when did you feel like you actually, like, achieved something that you, I don't know, you as a young person starting the company and been like, fuck yeah, this is my benchmark. Like I'm pumped oh, that I hit yeah. this mark, you know?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, I mean, dude, <laughs> it's like, there are so many, Cause we've had points. cool
0: little like benchmarks throughout, man. It's been cool to see it too. Oh, wow. Is like little things we're like, oh fuck yeah, dude, good on Matt, yeah. you know. And then little things every couple years.
1: Every couple of years, man, or every to be honest, now it's getting more and more like every six months something's happening. But, Super sick, um, yeah. But I guess, like, yeah, dude. Big benchmark was, ah, dude. It's kind of tough, like, to put like the harp on it. Like, what's the first one? Is that the question?
0: I guess. Yeah. What was the first, yeah. like, cause you were starting out. I mean, let's dive into the, like just the beginning of it, man. Like you, why kingdom? Why did you, and I don't want this to be like the 50 other, you know, interviews you've done in your life. No, no, no. no. So maybe like different backstory or like just the nitty gritty of like, from someone who's like wanted to start brands and have done little creative things myself. It's hard for me to be like, the permanent aspect of a company. You know, it's like, all right, dude, that's your company. That's permanent. You better run with it. You know, and it's like, just yeah. to have something that has a message behind it, too, like Kingdom, that's like, dude, that's even, you gotta it, be yeah. in it.
1: You I know? Mean, yeah, we can dive into that, dude. I like that. Um, so, nitty gritty, I'll give you just like small points that I felt were like impactful. Yeah. Uh, point one, my best friend, John, kind of like takes a step back. Uh, John was, huge into the brand and like very excited to do it um but then it came down to like yo we need to put our savings to this because we believe in it yeah he, and he was just like nah can't do it mm-hmm. and I was like all right like I'm gonna run with it then and he was cool with that sure uh, and that was a major one because then that gave me everything right like I had no one it was just me and the brand
0: and that uh, falls all on you did he feel like the weight of the company was just like Make it or break it, man. It's all on you now. Did you feel, I mean, that's almost like, did that feel good or bad? I was like, that is like empowering in a way.
1: I think it felt empowering. And I think it solidified the message that like, if I really want this, like I was saying before, I got to go chase it. Like, if I really want this to be a thing, if I want to be the next Bobby hundreds, the next Nikki diamonds, whatever, like, then I got to go do this. Like, let's make, make it happen. Mm -hmm. Um, that was, I guess, yeah, that was a big pivot point for sure. And then shortly after that, dude, you can kind of see how things progress because shortly after I had 600 shirts in my trunk, yeah. <laughs> it was like, all right, like who believes in this? Um, and that's how you start. Like that was a big, I think that was a huge one for sure. Getting like, getting the t-shirt and I have like a picture I can send to you too, but it's, um, it's, like, me with this, must, like, goofy-ass mustache, and I'm just, like, so stoked that yeah. I printed my first T-shirt. And That's it's, like, so some good. shitty Gildan shirt, and, like, I don't know. The T-shirt is – the T-shirt in itself is rough, but the, uh, the thought behind the whole thing was
0: – Yeah, man. What was the emotional process going through your head when that – like, to take something that was an idea and to have it put into a physical thing that people can put on – you know, and then you see them wearing that. That must have been a trippy, like, initial was, experience. Yeah,
1: it was a trippy thing. Because, like, again, you just kind of think back, like, all right, like, how many of these people who are talking about stuff are actually doing it? And I finally felt like I broke out of that mold. You know, like, I'm not just talking about this anymore. Like, I have 600 shirts in my trunk. I need to make something happen. Like, or else I just wasted so much money. Right. And, um, I, yeah, dude, I was like really excited about that. I think it went from, hey, this is a thought to this is like an actualization. This could be something big. Now you have, like, I kind of put myself in that shoe where it's like I had to do it. Like, you have, I have no choice. Like, that was my money for my gas.
0: <laughs> Definitely. So <laughs> you did know? you almost, is that like. I don't know, not to get too like psychological into your mindset or whatever, but when you're backed in a corner, do you feel like you are more creatively able to come up with things? And do you feel like when you have more freedom to kind of do what you want and you aren't limited with your options, you're limited more creatively, if that makes sense?
1: Yeah, no, that's a fantastic question. Um, I absolutely feel like if you put me in the in a corner, I will come out of that corner so hard and so fast, it's nice. almost like that it that is like amused to me um and maybe that's probably not the best in terms of like procrastination and stuff like that, sure, but um every trade show, like I feel like all right, like I put money down, I'm in a corner, like let's fight our way out, and I love that feeling. do I thrive off of that
0: nice, for sure, bro. yeah, it's almost like this make it or break it kind of situation, which dude. Honestly, it kind of just draws back into the how the company really started. You're put into that position. It put you, you know, where you're like, oh, fuck, I got to make something out of this. So, yeah, man, it's cool. It's nice to see that that's a consistent theme throughout, you know, but you're able to create such cool stuff out of that. And I think that's almost more impactful than people that are like, you have the whole, you know, world to do whatever you want. But like... And they're right. like stuck. there. Yeah. like, I can't even come up with an idea. And they're like.
1: Yeah, it's like, yeah. And then you get to the point where it's like, oh, there's so many angles I can go. But like, if you just keep that fucking foot on the gas, like you're, you're going to make it happen.
0: Yeah. yeah. He has uh, as a whole like Tiger King thing. Is that impacted Kingdom at all? I was curious about that when I was watching. It. I was like, dude, Matt must be getting some something <laughs> out of this. Like these people are hitting him up.
1: I, uh, yeah, dude. It absolutely has like, um, pros and cons dude, both like, honestly, it's, uh, it has brought a lot of attention to the, the idea of like animal cruelty and all this stuff we realistically stand against. Um, it, but what it's done the most is just let people form their opinions of like, what is good and what is bad, you know, like, I don't want to get too deep into that, but it's, it's definitely brought a lot of things to light that like, I never got DMS about like, Hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? But now dude, wow. Like what an impact that show made. Yeah. And I, and the thing is, dude, I know a lot of those people. Um, and they're really good people. Like that guy, Mario, um, from ZWF. Like I, I know him. Uh, Mark McCarthy, I know that guy.
0: Wow, how do you know these people? Just through Kingdom and reaching yeah, out. Yeah,
1: just through Kingdom and like people reaching out. I visited a few of these like you know sanctuaries and uh, went down to Florida, met a few people, and like you know, you kind of just get behind the curtains of it all. And like these are good people. Um, I, I don't think the show necessarily kind of like put them in the best light. That's for sure. But at the same time everyone has their own separate opinion of things. So the show has, has been wild. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Definitely. Do you think that like, I mean, from an animal advocate standpoint, do you think it's important? I mean, this conversation is now being put out there, right? Which is cool. It opens that whole window of this becoming a conversation that maybe wasn't talked about before, or maybe not as much. And I think ultimately It is in a way beneficial to Kingdom because your message is sort of like to spread the knowledge and the awareness to more people to be aware of things that are affecting animals and, you know, species around the world. And, you know, specials like this that come out on Netflix expose that, you know, like Blackfish and different things that have come out. I don't know. How do you feel about that? Do you think that? you would want to get into that like kingdom documentaries and different things like that. I mean, that
1: would be, that would be amazing if I could dive into that whole thing. I think the whole thing takes place though. What, what everyone doesn't see is that, you know, the, the media definitely forms the opinion, right? Like an opinion comes out on Netflix and puts a certain person in a certain limelight. A big group of people will be washed by that. And it doesn't necessarily let them form their own opinion. Yeah. What Kingdom is kind of doing is we're standing on the pillars of like awareness and education and really trying to tackle, you know, hey, this is just, this is what we're seeing. You know, like this is why people are doing this and trying to bring the light to like some of those darker issues, which is super tough to see. But at the same time, it's, like, such a necessary thing to do. Um, Never do the documentary thing, but I absolutely plan on, in the next kind of year or so, making, like, different videos and, like, letting people kind of speak their piece and um, kind of telling their side of the story, you know? Um, I think that's, like, an important thing to try to humanize some of these people because some of us really don't have – like the bad bone in their body but they don't necessarily understand what's best for the environment. So it's like it's a, it's a balance for sure, man. It's tough. I've talked to so many people about all that stuff and uh it's hard it's hard like to navigate some of those conversations cuz you can't tell if someone's being 100% genuine.
0: Sure, totally. Do you think um you know, initially going into it did you have the intentions of it being a company that was, you know, about animal advocacy and everything. Was that always a part of the game plan or was it something where you're like, I want to start a clothing company. This is kind of the general idea. And then it graduated to something where you're like, dude, we can do something with this. Like we can create yeah. something. Yeah,
1: that's exactly right. So we, um, when we started, I don't know if you remember, we, we were a tall t-shirt snowboarding company, which I is remember. Cool.
0: Yeah. More snowboarding esque, Yeah.
1: Just crazy to think about huge graphics, uh, definitely kind of the neon era when Neff was coming out of the scene. Um, saw the need for like tall t shirt graphics, but wanted it to be all based around the animal kingdom. Um, and then I interned at the hundreds, and that completely changed the company. Um, because how was that I like? Back, how did
0: that play a big role? I just, I mean, Bobby yeah. hundreds, he's cool too, because I mean. Not a lot of people know that he like filed for bankruptcy several times and starting the hundreds. Like he went through it, man, and he just stuck through it, powered through. So that must have been inspiring.
1: Absolutely a pioneer of someone just in general who's starting a streetwear company not knowing much and then just kind of running through the whole thing and like going through the ups and downs of the company, but still keeping like the message strong and the values of the whole thing intact. Like he is a pioneer for sure. But um, when I, when I interned at the hundreds every day, what I did at the end of the day, because I, I didn't know if I was going to get the job or not. Right. So every day at the end, I would pop my head into Bobby Hundreds' office and just get a moment of his time. Cause I was like staring at one of the legends, you know what I mean? Like a hero of mine. And I would ask him just streetwear questions about like overall, like, Hey, how'd you do this? How'd you do that? Or, you know, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? And the biggest takeaway he taught me was I, he needs it to be like, you need a story. And coincidentally during the internship that summer, um, Cecil the lion was lured out and poached and, that like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if it was divine or whatever, dude, but like that changed the entire game for me. Cause I was like, how and why did this person do this to this like perfect animal? And I thought like, you know what, this is, this is my story. Like I can do something about this. I, we're, we're making some money. Like, why don't I give a percent back to like, try to prevent these tragedies from happening any further? Um, and yeah, and then we just kind of ran with it. I, I looked into the whole things. So I looked into different sanctuaries and projects I can help with and wildlife warriors and all this other stuff. And it just developed into something bigger. And when I started doing that, it felt better. Like designing had a purpose. Um, change, I wasn't just like a brand anymore. It was so mission-driven. It felt good.
0: Nice. And then, I mean, on the other like devil's advocate side of that, did it feel like having that whole attachment to the company? Does that ever feel like a burden? Like, I just want to make clothes sometime. Does that ever pop out? You're just like, dude, I want to start a clothing company, man. Like I get it. The whole animal thing. Like, dude, that's what I'm about. But at the same time, it's like, I just want to make cool t-shirts. Is that, I know I'm I'm not saying like, oh, that takes over, but there's gotta be maybe a little bit of that.
1: Yeah. I mean, definitely like you got to understand the politics of the whole thing come up a lot now, which is fine. I think that again, kind of goes back to that idea of like getting backed into a corner. I like challenging myself to know more and know yeah. about conservation. Cause at the end of the day, I started this as, you know, like I wanted to be an artist. I wanted to just do clothes, clothing designs and like run a business. And I felt like an entrepreneur and Um, so it does get challenging at times, but by no means do I feel like it's a negative impact. I feel like it just builds my character. And when I get challenged like that, it makes me realize that I don't know everything. I am just a designer. I'm not a biologist. I, and now we need to make moves to make this like fulfilling vision of what I have and like protect some animals, like, that's, that's really it. Like, if you want to get down to the nitty-gritty, like, I'm a designer that just wants to protect animals because I love them. How are we going to do that?
0: You think Kingdom is an entity and then Matt Macias, owner and CEO of Kingdom, is its own entity as well that you have to, like, almost maintain both personas?
1: It's crazy. I mean, yeah, like, dude, I have I got big dreams just like anyone else. And by no means is Matt Macias done. You know, I think kingdom is a huge piece of me right now. I think it's like almost all of me, but there are a lot of other things that I want to dive into once kingdom is like fully up and running. Like I, you know, I have a million ideas. Um, So it's not that it hurts the persona, especially because my like, Instagram name is like Mr. Kingdom so like people joke around and call me out on that all the time like oh Mr. Kingdom this Mr. you know like and dude it feels good like you know I <laughs> I've gotten stopped in the mall a few times like and just people are like oh dude you're Mr. Kingdom like you own you run that company and um that dude that is such a cool feeling yeah it's sick definitely yeah it's part of me for sure
0: nice man so where does I don't know. What does the next year look like for you guys? You know, what is, once you get out of this whole, you know, situation or whatever, what does it look like for kingdom going forward?
1: Yeah. We're uh, right now we're steady growing, dude. It feels good. I'm taking this time to build the team. Um, a lot we, we have a strategy manager now who I meet with on a weekly basis. Um, we just got this dude who's helping us with social, We got a new, uh, woman doing sales for us and we're rolling, dude. I have a lot of projects in place right now, collections built out, uh, seasons ahead of time. Um, when we launched urban this last year, it definitely projected some good vibes for us out there and really put us in the right kind of retail space. And now we're getting kind of similar retailers looking at us and asking questions. So the conversations are starting. I think this is a probably you know, like you said, one of those big pivot moments, and you know, we're we're definitely charging forward to try to make a difference here.
0: Nice, man. What about you personally? How does like, how's your year look? You know, outside of Kingdom, outside of everything, just you know, as a person, you know, yeah. creatively, what are you? You know, you diving into more, you know, music? Any cool movies and stuff that you've been diving into? podcast whatever you know
1: i've been diving into a few old westerns you know some spaghetti westerns that's always a good time but um music wise dude i tried to pick up the harmonica once and i put it right back down um (laughs) i uh i've been sipping on a little bit of whiskey with my friends i'm trying to see that i mean i have my nieces who are growing up my girl who is uh working on Finishing up nursing school, so I'm supporting her. I'm trying to get my workouts in. I got a dog. Um, And then I'm also trying to write like a children's book, which is kind of fun. Where is that coming
0: from? Just,
1: dude, I don't know. No. (laughs) (laughs) I had this idea of like this children's book, and I'm pretty stuck on it. Um, And maybe it's because of how much I love my nieces. Uh, Maybe it's because, you know, I would love to have something published to read my kids eventually when I have some. Um, Maybe it's just all my friends are having kids. I don't know, man.
0: I really don't. It's interesting. How'd you come up with a children's book? Like, I don't know, idea. That's kind of cool. I think people come up with ideas for books or whatever. It's like hard to come up with. That's even harder than coming up with like a, hey, come up with a zombie thing. It's like, I could do that. Come up with a kid's book. Yeah, it's going to take me a while. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I um dude, I don't know, man. I like I really don't know what sparked it. Um I literally woke up and jotted some notes down one night after like you know, trying to trying to get some sleep and um it, on I woke up the next morning and on there was like a children's book and I was like, "Oh shit, like yeah, like let's see what that's about." And then I remembered what I was trying to write about and yeah dude I don't, I really, I couldn't tell you <laughs> it I just kind of came to me a little bit and it felt right so I'm going to pursue it and then I think it's one of those things where I probably won't I won't be done till it's published and like I sell at least one or have it in my hands so I'm yeah. starting storylines right now it feels pretty cool it feels impactful you know
0: sure so with all these like different things that you have going on um, I don't know how do you like bounce that dude without like getting burned out. I don't do half as many things as you do. Like I do a decent amount of shit, you know. But like you just named like nine things where I'm like, oh, dude, I would. I don't know how you would find time to do different things where, or just get burned out on something. It's like I just don't want to deal with that today because I've been doing it for the last six months every day.
1: Yeah, it's uh, I have my my muses for sure. You know, like, um, spending time with my dog and like running is like a that's a that's a good like muse for me um hanging out with my girl helping her study that's a muse for me uh sitting down and just like watching a few episodes of rick and morty so like relieving, you know um and then i just dive back in and when i dive back in it's not a slow progression it's like i go from watching something on rick and morty and then, like, it shuts off, and I'm like 100, like, going 100 miles an hour on this children's book. It's kind of strange, man. But, um, and I honestly believe it's getting better. Bless my girlfriend. But uh, my sleeping schedule is like pretty fucked. Like, I think I'm averaging about five and a half now, which is good uh, of hours of sleep. So, I don't know, dude. My brain just goes, like, it doesn't stop. So, it feels good. <laughs> I'm healthy so that's, that's what matters right
0: yeah dude that's weird that you say that cause like lately cause I've been starting this whole podcast thing and then I've been just like motivated and driven and like coming up with these cool ideas every day and it's just like I've not been getting to sleep you know and it's like you go to bed at like 2 or 3 and then you're totally comfortable with waking up at like 9 cause you're like I got a bunch of stuff to do you know so like I'm gonna wake up early and then you're like oh fuck dude for the last like week I've only been sleeping for like 4 hours and then you're yeah. like, that's going to yeah. take a toll.
1: It's a, it's a bl- like it's that blessing and a curse thing um, where you just kind of like you love what you do and you want to work on what you do, so you just do it. Like wake up and do it. Like you don't really care how many hours in the day you have. I just don't want to waste the time.
0: Yeah. Hey, okay, so diving into like, I don't know, what were some really – I don't know if you're willing to talk about it. What was like a difficult time that happened when you were, you know, your process of where you got to now, what was a big moment that happened that if you were to go back in time and talk to yourself during that time and you would give yourself advice or whatever. Um, yeah, I don't know if you can go back in time and think about a moment and tell a story about a situation that happened that if you were to look at it from today's perspective, you would have been really grateful. I
1: think, um, That's a, that's a great question. There's a lot, dude. I mean, we've been in business for like 10 years now. Right. So there are a lot of like micro moments that are not regrettable, but absolutely can learn from them. Um, I think, I think the, the biggest one would probably be kind of keeping, Oh dude, man, this is tough. I keeping consistent with seasons. Right. So when you get that big chance, right. So we, we landed Tilly's at a trade show. Um, fantastic show.
0: Yeah. Super awesome. Uh, Nice.
1: Oh yeah. It felt cool, man. Like that was my first big retail gig. Um, we landed Tilly's they were excited for us. I, but it was a trial run, you know, for me because I didn't necessarily know all the ins and outs I was over-promising and under-delivering. I think that, and once we did it, I kind of was like, dude, we did it. Like I wasn't even thinking about, Hey, like we need more graphics or like, Oh man, like I I should try to develop an entire collection or keep the conversation going. Yeah. A lot of relationship management. um, Probably that I could have done 12 times better, but like, you know, and it showed, uh, unfortunately, because we, we did really good with them. We put all the effort we could into the first two collections. And then we kind of fell off during holiday season, which could have been huge for us. That could have been a, a, a huge pivotal moment. And I didn't deliver any graphics because no one was really asking. And I guess that was like a big piece where I had to look back and look at myself and go, you blew it. Like, there's no one else around. Like you don't have a team. Like you blew it. Like you could have had another buy. You could have gone with Tilly's for another season, but you weren't consistent. And that was a big, um, that was a big like moment where I was like, ah, shit. Like just talking to myself, trying to figure out like ways to go around it. But you kind of have to just bite the bullet and like learn from it, which is why now with urban, we're planned out seasons ahead of time. We have as much content as they want. Um, I try to keep consistent with like talking to the buyers and all that stuff. So it's, yeah, you definitely learn for sure. You learn quick, especially when that, you know, that's your only buy.
0: (laughs) Yeah, man, definitely. I mean, are you grateful that you were able to, you know, you were given that opportunity, you learned and you grew from it. And then now you're presented with a a new opportunity, you know, and it's something that, you know, sometimes people don't get that second opportunity. So that's a good, you know, it turned out okay. It's good that it wasn't like.
1: It turned out okay. Absolutely. And uh, again, like thank goodness for Tilly's because if it wasn't for the Tilly's experience, I wouldn't have been as ready for the urban experience. Right. Like you have both sides of that whole thing. So, you know, blessing and a curse, but absolutely wished I would have done better in that moment for sure. You know, you, you gotta, if you, especially if you're looking at the dollars, right? Like my, um, the strategy manager hit me up and he was like, yo, like what happened this year? And I was like, gosh, like now we have to talk about it. (laughs) Like, like, you know what I mean? So you kind of have to just like be okay with how things roll out sometimes. And, um, and that was one of them for sure, dude. It was tough.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, when you look at kingdom and everything that you've created, is it what you initially set out to be or, you know, where do you see yourself stepping back and allowing someone else to take kind of the charge of kingdom or is it uh, just your baby yeah, forever?
1: That's a, that's a great question. I think, I would eventually let someone else take charge of kingdom um, just because I have so many other like ideas that I want to do past kingdom. I think kingdom is a platform where I'm building myself to be a credible business person and something I deeply care about. That's like my baby, right? Like, but I mean, dude, I want to do, a, I want to do a bunch of other stuff. In addition to kingdom, I like when I eventually get an office, I want to open a sanctuary. Like, and I think that would be super cool in tangent with kingdom. And it would like add to that storyline. We'd help protect animals, so on and so forth. Um, I want to open a restaurant or a food truck. I want to write this children's book. Um, there's just, you know, there I there's just things I really want to do. So I'm just kind of like trying to build as much as I can in my youth so that my family and I can – you know do what we want <laughs> yeah. and i could like show my kids like look look you know you i didn't have any experience like you know running in a restaurant but like here we are now or i never wrote a book in my life but here's this book you know the uh, i like that feeling of like hey these are some check boxes like look what you can do yeah you know
0: i mean ultimately with creating these different things and now talking about Um, these different avenues that you want to go down, what is your ultimate goal? What are you trying to, because you mentioned kids and family. I see that's like a common theme that's reoccurring in uh, when you describe things. So is it ultimately you want to create something that you can pass down and be like, hey, look and have something that is, I don't know, a part of who you are, or is it something where you want to help people and share something that you have inside and be able to um, express yourself and also make it attainable for other people who are in a similar situation to express themselves? Like, what is it the real foundation of why you're creating different things or going out and being an artist? Where does that stem from?
1: Yeah, I, that's a great question. I think, um, originally like the deep rooted piece of it stems from that I, I, I enjoy telling my story and if I can tell my story through the history of kingdom and my love of animals, I'm going to do that. If I can tell my story through the taste of food, I'm going to do that. If I can, you know, instill values in children by writing a children's book, I'm going to do that. So I guess it's more just like a projection of myself is as, I don't know how egotistical that sounds or not, but, um, I think that's the root of it is I just, it is an expression. It is a projection of who I am um, to ultimately kind of like, you know, keep my family together and have something to show my kids. And like, hopefully that inspires them that they have like, you know, this side of them in them. Sorry, I think that's super important to like, show your children like, Hey, you know, you, this is, this is a piece of you as much as it is a me, you know, totally. I think that's major.
0: Yeah. And I think anything that's like artistic and creative, um, unfortunately, right. We live in a society where that isn't deemed the right way to go about things, you know? So yeah, I mean, at least for me too, I think it's important to have, if you have two parents, you know, and like, I don't know this from experience, but if you had two parents who were both like super, science or math oriented or whatever, you're not going to feel like being an artist or a creative or a musician is an option because all of a sudden it's not something that's in your sphere. So yeah, man, I think that's cool to introduce that to different people and your kids and everyone down the line. That's rad. What's the message behind it? Like ultimately, what is your message? You know, because you said you want to, your goal is to share your story, but then- That comes back to the story. So what is the message behind the story that you are trying to like, oh, spread? Man, I'm
1: really good at this. What episode are we on? Three, episode yeah, three, really man. I'm it.
0: getting into the interview question. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, I think, I think the, the, meth, the method right behind the story.
0: The right, message uh, behind it. So you have your purpose, which is to spread your story. But what is the story or the message behind it? that you want to spread the and share
1: this story is really, if you put in the work, you're gonna, you're gonna really get results. I think it's, uh, I think it's big on passion. I think it's big on ambition and I think it's big on really driving like something home, like getting something tangible out of your hard work, making it count and watching someone, eat a dish or watching someone read the book you know i think there's so much behind um hard work and like determination and even conviction um i tell my girlfriend this all the time like when you're when you're doing something like own that you're doing it because you need not like last thing you want is to fumble around or like someone to look at you and you know see something less than a hundred percent like go all in i'm 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 absolutely like a a dive in the pool head first kind of guy so um i think that's kind of the message behind it. it's just like go a hundred percent like make something happen
0: yeah you need to win it man no half-assing it No, right. totally
1: yeah like stay up late do the fuck do the work right like that's the best part about this whole thing, dude. Is like every logo I designed, like in terms of like major logos that like define the company, yeah, it was uh, like a night in when people were like trying to get me to go out, and then it was watching the sunrise. Like you develop, you develop a work ethic that can really do anything with that. Right. So I hope that mentality translates.
0: Yeah. Totally. And do you think that, you know, ultimately you're going to continue to, you know, bring this to the forefront of like kingdom and all your creative ventures? Is that like it's something that people should go out and do, you know, advocating for, going out and pursuing your passions and going out and, you know, stepping into it or diving into it head first, like you're saying, is like this mentality or this way of thinking, lifestyle or whatever is that something that you also want to put out there and motivate yeah. people?
1: Yeah, and I think I think it's going to show probably especially on like the back end of those things like the restaurants and all that stuff like the hard work piece of it is crucial to make any business successful. Um I think half-assing stuff shows and when you see it and you can feel it like it's you you just know like some like for instance this podcast i know you're 100% into this because of the consistency that you bring across with the podcast i know that because i'm looking at your logo right now as we're talking i Thank know you, that yeah. because you stayed true to your scheduling time like I, I know these things like i can feel the authenticity behind it and there's no bigger and more like Valuable authenticity than someone who goes a hundred percent in like that. That's just how it is.
0: Nice. So yeah, totally. What do you, um, just from like a creative standpoint, what are some cool, like, I don't know, you were talking about brands that you liked, but what were, I don't know what about those brands or those logos or designs or whatever. What do you like about it? Do you like the Adam bomb logo from Bobby hundreds? Do you like the simplicity of having some sort of logo like that, that has, you know, a message or powerful meaning behind it? Or, you know, what's your main thing that you look at? You're like, that's a dope company, you know, that differentiates yeah. a company that you're going to pick up and another company that you're like, no, that that's yeah. a whack company that I don't like, you know?
1: Yeah, it's hard for me to just kind of like look at a company and go, ah, it's whack, especially because it's like, you know, I, I think a lot of the times I'm seeing the people behind
0: the right. company. The behind the scenes I, you know, of...
1: I, I see the passion in a lot of people's eyes and mm-hmm. um, and I give them the like, you know, that hundred percent, sometimes out of the gate, probably a little too more often than not. But um, brands that I know are going a hundred percent in um, Noah is a huge brand that I like, like, wow, whole you know, like they, they come across authentic. They have a message. They do a lot of charity work. Like, the stuff that they're putting forward is like unique to itself. Um, and I think that's like just a very strong brand. And I've seen a few others, but I'd say Noah is hands down up there. Um, Slush Colt, really good friend of mine. Um, I'm not, I can't say his name cause he's anonymous, but he, he himself he's he's a little bit different because he himself is his full brand i you know and it's it's amazing to see and i've learned so much from him where it's like he's a hundred percent authentic to his brand like he has this like a uh, holy trinity color that is consistent across and i'm almost positive that he has that tattooed on mm-hmm. um another brand learn to forget like yeah original in the punk scene, but not only do they both do punk music, they just live that life like the dude's spray paints, and you know they're in the adolescence and death by stereo and like these they just live that life and you could feel it and like even never made like these guys are like an artist they're a bunch of artists that like really drive it home, and Cisco is so talented and he. He like learned from one of the greatest guys, like Shepard Ferry from O'Bey. So like I really love learning more and more about people's passions and um their story behind they how they got started. So, you know, the more authentic you can be, the more you can clearly tell your story are brands that I really fucking vibe with. I don't really care what the logo looks like as long as the message is correct.
0: Nice man. Yeah, totally. So what do you look for main characteristics for um, people that you would want to get involved with or have join your creative team, what would be a list of like the three main characteristics of like, yo, know, if you don't have these three things, then don't even apply.
1: <laughs> then you're out. Yeah. Um, I like, I like the people that um, they own it. Like I like when people come across with conviction a lot and like convince me that this is theirs, like as much as it is mine um when people it's funny dude like it's funny that you're asking this question now because like recently as i was saying earlier like we're growing the team yeah. which is super cool um a particular person that stands out is this kid lucas okay so lucas was a friend of a friend whatever but he wanted to help with kingdom and i think i was like I, I was doing a pop up or something like that. And he just, I, I, he was just like, yeah, dude, like, you know, whenever you need the help. And I kind of, I take that with a grain of salt, whatever. But then, like, I kept getting DMs from him and text messages from him. And he's like, dude, here to help, here to help. So I guess, um, consistency is yeah, another one. Totally. So consistency, <clears throat> um, conviction. And then I would also say, ambition like when when you talk to someone about the brand they can fully draw you in and they can show you things you haven't seen and that ambition like is very valuable I think a lot of people undermine that quality because it's not you know it's great but it's like some people get too nervous about like over ambition but the kid Lucas was like He's like, yo, like whatever you need, dude, I'm, I'm your guy. Like as big as you want to go. And I was like, uh, like, okay. You know? And he's like, seriously, call me for anything you need. I'll figure it out and we'll go from there. And I was dude, like from that moment, I was like, dude, Lucas is my guy. Yeah. And he, he actually even, yeah, he traveled with me to Colorado. Um, he, he, we did a trade show together. We've done tons of pop-ups together. And he's just one of those dudes where I'm like, yo, I need you to go do this for me. Can you handle that? And he, he'll he look me in the eye and go, got you, bro. Like, it's so nice to have someone on your team who's just like this down road dog who's just like, <laughs> you know, let's get this moment. Like, yeah. And they're just as excited um, as you are. And that's, he is someone I share a lot of news with once I get it. He, like, I think the the phone line goes, like, if I get, like, something really cool, some cool, crazy news, I think it goes, like, my mother, <laughs> my girlfriend, um, and
0: then Lucas. <laughs> wow. Dude. Yeah. Nice. That's cool, man. So that's, um, like, the team, the people that you would have that you trust to, you know, be there for you, to have your back or whatever. What about if you were to go out and you know, look for a collaboration or something, someone who's also a creative, an artist or whatever, on the same level of, like, creating stuff or whatever, what would be something that you would look for? Does it need to be, you know, you said you have a friend, the guy Slush Cole. So what Mm -hmm. was the thing that drew you to, like, you guys becoming friends that differentiates? Uh I'm sure you know a lot of people that own companies. Why did you guys click different than some other people that you've known?
1: Yeah, I think him and i click so well because we're 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 yin and yang me and that guy um Opposites. he he is like this bright colorful like wild personality who like i don't know not that he like no know, he knows everyone but um he is just so out there and like doesn't give a fuck what everyone thinks so he teaches me a lot of stuff like that um but again, like 100% authentic in himself, and that's what drew me to him. So, really, that's the kind of person I would look for if I was to do any sort of collaboration. I look for that authenticity, and I, to be honest, I try to find holes in people. I challenge people a lot when I talk to them. I, I try to like weed out like who's fake and who's not. And dude, there is not a fake bone. And slush God's body. (laughs) And yeah, we're really good friends, man. Like even past business, he's just like a really good dude. Yeah. Me and him like grab lunch. We go on walks together. Like we just vibe off each other. And to be honest, him and I both don't shut up. So like he'll talk for like 30 minutes and I'll just listen. And then I'll talk for like 30 minutes and he'll just listen. It's kind of a, I think we both think it's meditation.
0: (laughs) Yeah, man, that's cool. That's a cool, like, balance of, I don't know, collaborative and artistically. What do you feel like, um, you know, with the, like, people that you join or collectively work with, do you ever find that you are confronted with people now more so than before that just want to get close to the sun kind of thing, you know? They're like, oh, dude, this guy's got a company, he's – You know, got all these followers, blah, 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 big following. Like if I get next to him, I'll get more famous. You know, do you find these fake people that are trying to leech on to and not even, I'm not trying to like call people out or whatever, but I'm sure that comes with the territory, dude. If you're coming from a company and it starts to grow and you start to see these numbers and it starts to gain some notoriety, you're going to have a few more people knocking at your door, man.
1: Just Yeah, uh, no, for sure. I mean, honestly, it probably hasn't happened too much. Um it's i think i i do that and i kind of like put i keep my circle kind of small like in terms of like people to bring in and that sort of thing and like i'm not gonna just like you know go off and try to just trust anyone you know it takes like rounds of coffee hangouts and like even before like you meet my family right you know what i mean like there's I definitely put my walls up. That's, I'm pretty sure my Instagram, like my personal one is private too, you know what I mean? Like, it's not, I, I definitely watch out for that because I've heard of like terror stories, but fortunately enough right now, that's not the case. Um, I would imagine probably, hopefully in the next two years, like when we start to see an uptake, an uptick that I'll probably see that a little bit more. But um, I, I like keeping my, like you know, my crew or family or whatever you want to call them, like very close knit, and um, I take their opinions too. If they if they're like, "Yo, dude, this guy's kind of a fake," like I I believe it, and I'm like, "Okay, we don't fuck with him." Then like yeah. that's it's pretty simple. <laughs>
0: right. What is? I mean, I don't know. Let's go into like just your required reading or like the little last segment that I like to do, which is just recommendations that you would have for people from a creative standpoint. And for you, it's different because you have a clothing company. So I've interviewed all kinds of different people, musicians and puff. I'm like, Oh, give me your top bands or whatever. So I guess like, I don't know, books that you read, coming up that you enjoyed with like starting a company I mean arguably
1: dude I don't do too much reading like I'm gonna be frank like I'm not a big like self-help book guy I'm not a big um like I don't picking up a book to me isn't like what I usually do but I I can translate that to kind of music and like how I go about listening to music and that sort of thing um
0: what about like when you started um kingdom there weren't like videos or books or anything that you're like oh how to start a company 101 <laughs> kind of shit or was it just fuck it let's see what happens
1: Yeah yeah dude I don't know like I feel like that's a lot of YouTube like I I wouldn't I wouldn't even be able to put like a category cuz I just I at one point when I was starting the company dude I just I was watching every youtube video about how to start a business why to start a business here's some proper steps here here's some proper steps there i just like melded them all together into how kingdom was born like i know that bobby hundreds put out this how to start a streetwear brand um and i think i glanced over it like i don't i don't think i took it to heart because there's no like there's no rhyme or reason to how to start a brand yeah it's like like, as much as the magic formula would love to work, like, it doesn't work for everyone. Sure. And, you know, I I, I took that to heart. So I just learned and tried to adapt everything and, like, took every piece of information in. Because I was going to school for a while, you know, Cal State Fullerton and all that stuff. And, you know, you, you learn how to do all that. But, dude, like, I was – literally there was one class and it was – I think it was called e-commerce strategy for marketing and they used my website as the example. And I was like, like, what am I doing in this class? Yeah.
0: <laughs> if you're the I example, like, that's not,
1: yeah. how am I trying to prove this grade and um, do all that stuff? And so I, I don't think there's any book or any class out there that is going to make or break your company. I think you just need to absorb every single piece of information that you can possibly get your hands on, um, to learn more. Like, and then once you get past that point, you start bringing on people that know more than you do. And they're more attached to a certain piece of the business than you are. And then you just keep driving as hard as you can.
0: Totally. So what are some sources like, um, I don't know, go to websites and then how would one go about meeting more people that are in companies, you know, to like venture out, create a network.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, creating a network. Uh, I started with Forbes. I knew Forbes was like the mecca of business, at least, you know, that's what my dad was saying at the time. Um, so I dove into Forbes and like learned about how to run business, learned about what I took it even like a step backwards too. I, I was trying to look at Forbes, like, what are they reporting on? And like, what are they writing about? And why are they writing about them? Um, So not even, like, just to the information itself, but then trying to think, like, the editor of, like, hey, why why is this important? Like, who gives a shit about, like, this collection? I'm gonna discover why, and then go from there. Um, So Forbes was a big one. Um, Dude, I don't know. Like, I read a lot of, like, Complex Magazine, um i read a lot of like Hype beast and those sort of like streetwear vibes to try to figure out like how to do things but in terms of entrepreneurship i, I don't know man i was just watching a bunch of videos <laughs> like yeah, yeah at, it's the, one of those
0: at the end of the day do you consider kingdom a streetwear company
1: oh uh, that's a fucking fantastic question because
0: <laughs> it looks like that oh. is the foundation right the blueprint of what the company was based off of was streetwear and that's kind of the influences that you draw from but you know i don't think kingdom falls into the traditional mold of a streetwear no, company
1: no it doesn't dude i think um i i don't think we fall into that category and i think it's beneficial that we don't fall into a lot of categories i think we're like a mission-driven brand sure we're kind of to what Tom's does um, but you can kind of like for here, here's the example I tried to give if I put out um, you know if I put out a couch okay this is a pretty far-fetched example
0: but okay. so if I
1: put out a couch and the couch is zebra printed and I put it up on a website and it's like hey this gives back to you know, the elephant, um, conservation, I, I'm still doing my job as kingdom a hundred percent. Like, because I'm delivering product that gives back, um, is that necessarily street wear? Not so much, but you know, I think we, we come across as a good blend of like a brand that kids want to wear and a brand that gives back.
0: Yeah, totally. Nice, man. So I don't know. Throughout the years, have you seen the impact of trends and how that works in a clothing company, and how someone can be super into your company for a certain period of time, and then all of a sudden they go through maybe a phase or something where they're like not into it or something? Have you seen that happen? And you go like, is that tough to handle at first?
1: Yeah, it is because like not uh, there was a big shift. Uh, I want to call it around like 2000. 2000- Uh, let's call it 2015, where like, there wasn't a lot of companies out there that were like doing get back stuff. And that was a little weird for people to kind of try to understand. Um, It was right around the time when Tom's was actually like in the works of like, driving home that message. And then other companies were starting to kind of pop up with that idea.
0: Sure.
1: So that was definitely like, like, what do you mean this gives back? Like, who cares? You know, yeah. Um, but I made it a point to try to make like caring cool. Like I want, I would love, like, I love the kid who's like, yeah, this is a kingdom t-shirt and this is why I'm wearing it. You know, I, in terms of graphically and everything else, like if you fell by the wayside and we just sold a blank t-shirt that I gave back and that kid bought it, I'm into it. Yeah. Um, you know, so we try to stay up with the trends in terms of graphics and, um we we haven't really moved away obviously from like what we usually do but there's definitely a development always for sure.
0: Yeah. And then I don't know. I guess lastly where would people find you and kind of like any other last minute handles and shout outs and stuff?
1: Oh yeah. Um you can find us anywhere on any platform at KN G D M C O. It's like Kingdom Co. without the vowels. Um, and then same thing for the website, kngdmco.com. Um, we're selling to Urban Outfitters. We're selling to another retailer that I don't want to diverge yet, um, but it will be in a lot of doors, which is awesome. And always just like shoot a DM, dude. Like, you know, if you guys have questions or whoever's listening wants any sort of advice. Um, you know, I'm an open book. I love talking to people. I love talking entrepreneurship and uh, what can we do? And, you know, if there's an opportunity that we can work together, we'll make it work. i happy to give any information I can.
0: Sick, dude. Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for chatting with me, dude. It's been good. Thank you for tuning in to episode four. Please make sure to head over to kingdomco.com for more rad stuff from Matt Messias and the Kingdom family. That's k n g d m c o dot com. And as always, thank you for listening and supporting the show. If you want to be a guest on the show, just contact me at thedoublelifepod.com. Enjoy the rest of your week. Adios.